Hey everyone, and welcome to the Woofing Possum podcast, a podcast for the pooch parent and the dog daft. I'm your host, Greg, a dog trainer in the northeast of England and owner of Great Paws. So this is episode 13, which is my lucky number. Um, so much so I not only have it on a tattoo, but on the Great Paws van, which I affectionately call Flo. It's on her number plate, and it's even the date that I actually launched the Great Paws business. So, that aside guys, in this episode we're going to cover one of the questions I get asked the most and to where my answer is nearly always, we just say yes. So, let's crack on. So, that question, the question I get asked a lot by um, potential clients, existing clients, is how do I tell my dog no? Or maybe a variation of that question. So maybe it's something like, how do I tell my dog not to do something? Now, my answer to that is usually we we just say yes. And that's not to be obnoxious or anything like that. It's, it's a trying to help people kind of get into a slightly different frame of mind. And we expand on that answer in a little bit more detail. But before we do any of that, guys, I want to just cover off the type of training that I do, and hopefully this will all start to fall into place for you. So, I train using what's often referred to as positive reinforcement methods, which is basically when Pooch does something we like, and we may be helping them learn that new thing that we like, we mark that behaviour, and then we reward it. Now, a mark is usually a audible sound so it might be a word or it might be a click if you use a clicker and when pooch hears that sound they know that a reward is going to follow it so for example pooch does the sit their bum hits the floor i might click my clicker and then follow that up with a reward now when i'm not using a clicker i use a verbal marker so that's just a word and I've trained it up the same way as I would a clicker. We'll cover that in a, in a future episode, guys, around markers and all that good stuff. But generally, when I use a verbal marker, the word I use is yes. And I chose that word very deliberately because, again, it's very easy for me to fall into the trap of saying no to my dogs. And as we'll talk about through this podcast, that can have quite a few pitfalls. So I chose the word yes because it helps change my mindset because it's much easier for me to tell Pooch what to do rather than for me to basically tell him not what to do even though that could be one of a thousand different things in any different circumstances. So when we talk about training and we talk about markers and marker words and that kind of stuff, I use the word yes. So when people say how do I tell my dog no, when I say we say yes, it's because ultimately what I'm wanting people to try and think of is how do I get my dog doing something I like where I can now use my marker word of yes rather than trying to basically have my dog in a situation where I'm saying no to them quite a lot. Hopefully that makes sense, guys. So I do also get a bit of a follow-up. When I start to talk about this with clients, I often get a little bit of a follow-up with, well, actually, sometimes my dog does know no. It does understand that word. Um, And I'm fairly confident that they don't. What I am fairly confident about 
is that they absolutely understand your tone of voice and body language when you say that particular word. And we're all guilty of this, guys, me included. There, you know, there will be times I say this word to my dog because I'm frustrated and they're doing something and I'm not really in my kind of frame of mind to, to get them to do something I like rather than something I don't like. And I might just have a little bit of eruption and shout the word no. And it looks like it works. Of course it does, because I don't really shout very often in the house, let alone to the dogs, so that when I do, it does create a little bit of startled kind of attention from my dogs. So if they are doing something and I shout no, they absolutely respond. But it's not to the word no. It is definitely to the tone of voice that I'm using and more than likely my body language as well. So if you're sat there listening to this podcast now, go, my, my dog definitely knows the word no. Unless you've trained that word, um, then I'm fairly confident what your dog is responding to will be like, say, it's that body language or, or, or the tone of voice or the escalation. Because you might do a no, 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 no. And that, right on cue, uh, my Hugo has just... <laughs> I am not even. Hugo, come. I know, I know. I'm not even going to edit this out, guys, because I think this is a really good point to show. Of that's Hugo's response. He doesn't really like how chowing. He he thinks it's uh, maybe somebody at the door or something like that. So he has a bit of a bark when uh, when people shout randomly out the blue. Uh, come here, son. Get that. <laughs> Obligatory big stretch. Yeah, good boy. Uh, so yes, guys. Sorry, a little bit of a distraction there, but yeah, as you can see, that absolutely got a response from my dog. Um, and he wasn't doing anything; he was just laid down, just kind of chilling out on the rug there when uh, when I when I started to raise my voice. But that's what he's responding to, and it's definitely not the word. It was definitely the tone of voice that that I was using because he couldn't actually see me at that point. And that's what solicits response from our dogs. So if you think your dog does know the word no, next time you say it, just try and reflect. Or if you have anybody in the house with you again, ask them, have a look. Was it the word or was it how you said it and how your body language was when you did say it? Okay, guys, hopefully that clears that point up for you. So now back to how yes means no. So... I thought about different ways to try and articulate this over the podcast and I'm hopeful you're going to indulge me in it in a little bit of a game. So imagine you and I are sat at a table and we're going to play a little bit of a, a kind of guessing mind game. So the the rules of this game is I want you to pull a facial expression. That's a thing I want you to do. And there's a very specific facial expression I want you to pull. Now, with that, obviously the, the context, the thing I'm thinking of, it's going to be very specific. Your job is now to start pulling facial expressions at me until you get the one that I want. Now... For those who aren't aware, I think generally, and there is a few variations of this, guys, but generally there's seven kind of 
states that we can express through our facial expressions. So that's disgust, anger, fear, sadness, happiness, surprise and content. Uh, sorry, contempt. And within that, obviously, there's lots of variations of that. So if you want to display happiness as a facial expression, there's lots of different ways that you can show exactly how happy you are through that facial expression. But there is, in this circumstances, there's one specific facial expression that I'm looking for, and we're going to sit there and you're going to pull these facial expressions at me until you hit the thing that I'm after. Now, I'm fairly sure the odds of you getting it right first time, unless it's a really simple one that I'm thinking of, is going to be quite low. I think more than likely what's going to happen is you're going to pull a facial expression and I'm going to go, no. You're going to pull another facial expression and I'm going to go, no. And we're going to go through this routine until you do the facial expression that I'm looking for and eventually I'm going to say yes. Now, that is going to be probably a little bit fun to start with but very quickly probably going to get quite frustrated because you don't know the answer and I'm just constantly telling you no, I'm not giving you any more information than that so you don't even know how close you are to being right. Now, if I said that facial expression I wanted was for you to curl, kind of scrunch up your nose and raise your left eyebrow, that's quite a specific facial expression that I want and it probably would have taken us hours if not longer to get to that point specifically because i'm not giving you any guidance or instruction on whether you like say you're close whether you're warm whether you're even in the right kind of ballpark in terms of the emotion behind the expression um and i often think of it kind of back when i was at school so if you ever had a teacher um who didn't really give you any feedback on your answers on why they were right or wrong and what you could do to enhance them or you know anything like that didn't really kind of coach or support you they were just quite black and white it was either right or it was wrong in my experience most people didn't really enjoy that type of teacher specifically when you're in a world where there is lots of different answers to a to a question and again it's because it builds frustration we don't really know what's expected of us and when we don't know what's expected of others, when somebody tells us that what we're doing is wrong, it's really frustrating because you do end up kind of getting to that point of just tell me what you want. Tell me what you want and I'll do it. That kind of, from, from a human perspective, that's how we get to. And it's quite similar with our dogs. So if Pooch is doing something that I don't particularly like and I say no to them, every dog is going to interpret that slightly differently. So what was I doing that got my pooch parent really frustrated where they had to say that word in that tone and that body language that I'm not a big fan of? And it could be absolutely anything in their world. For example, if they are laid on the rug, curled up a little bit, um, they've just scratched their ear but between my paws is my dad's slipper that I may or may not have chewed. As I walk into that situation, the fact that Pooch is in possession of my slipper that may or may not be chewed might be very frustrating for me and might make me want to obviously kind of say no to that dog because I know in my world, them having the slipper is not what I want. However, 
pooch in that scenario, if I suddenly shout that word, loom over them and all that kind of stuff, they might not know what it is they were doing that was technically, you know, basically generated that response from me. Was it the laying on the rug? Was it laying on the rug in that particular kind of way, in that kind of nicely curled up space? Was it the fact they were scratching? Or, you know, was it that there was four toys around them and dad's slipper? There's lots of different variables at play here, which Pooch may or may not understand on which one of those things has solicited the response, particularly if it's the first time they've ever done it as well. Um, So these things over time can get quite frustrating. So whenever we are, our Pooch is doing something we don't like, the reason I say, rather than say no, say yes, is because what I'd like Pooch to do is learn that doing something else that they know how to do, that we've worked on and trained on, is much more valuable and rewarding for them than anything else. So therefore, if they're doing something I don't like, I want them to do something I do like so I can say the word yes. So, for example, again, jumping up's the classic. Jumping up's one of the I don't want my dog to jump up. Therefore, I might say no. I might guide them back down to the floor. I may turn my back on them, do any of this kind of stuff. I know I don't want the dog to jump up, but dog doesn't really know that. So what I want to do is teach them something else. I might teach them a sit, I might teach them a go to a, 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 a target, a mat, a bed, whatever that might be. I might teach them to go to a specific location for, for an alternative reason, whatever it might be. But it's much easier and it's much clearer in terms of expectations for my dog for me to teach them the right thing to do rather than for them to try and figure out what was a thing that I didn't like that solicited this kind of no response. Hope that makes sense, guys. It's it's a very different way of thinking to how we're used to thinking. You know, again, you know, we're humans, we're moderately intelligent most of the time, and we can figure these things out. We can problem solve. We can kind of do that power of deduction and understand, you know, why that thing I did might have solicited an unhappy response from somebody. I can kind of work through that when I kind of remove a little bit of emotion and, and kind of think through things logically. With our dogs, they don't quite work in the same way as us. So therefore, for me to expect them to work in that way can often be a bit of a pitfall. So as frustrating and challenging as it can be for us, whenever we're presented with a situation of my dog does something that I'm not a big fan of, my first kind of solution to that is always, okay, so what would you like your dog to do instead? And... Funny enough, the most common answer I get to that question is, well, just not to do that. And okay, I, I, I totally get that, that answer. But like us, our dogs are always doing something. So even right now, my Betty Boo, who's laid on a sofa, half asleep, toes are twitching. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, toes are twitching. She's still doing something. You know, she's having a snooze. She maybe having a little bit of a dream there as well. So our dogs are always doing something. So in that kind of mindset, when Pooch is doing something that I'm not a big fan of, what I want them to do is something I do like. And without delving into all the mechanics of how dogs learn, it's usually quite quick. They will usually pick things up reasonably quick. For example, um, I could train my dog that every time I turn the oven on, you go to your bed, for example. 
Because if I'm about to start cooking, the last thing I want is you kind of dancing in around my feet, you know, kind of sniffing up at the uh, kitchen counter to where the food is or whatever it is. Now, again, we tend to firefight a little bit with our dogs. So we always seem to focus on the things we don't want them to do rather than teaching the things that we do want them to do. So again, it's it's a very different way of learning for our dogs than it is for us as humans, which is why you can sometimes draw a bit of conflict and why that kind of question of how do I tell my dog no or how do I stop my dog from doing something I don't like, when we dive into this answer, it can get a little bit probably more frustrating than people think. Um, and it's for that reason. So your homework, guys. If your dog does do things that you're not a big fan of, that you may find yourself saying no or that type of language to your dog more often than not, what I'd like you to do is sit down, make a list of those things that your dog does and think about what could my dog do instead. And then in doing that, you're going to start to basically create yourselves a little bit of a, a fun little training plan. So using that kind of kitchen and the cooking scenario is if my dog's always under my feet when I cook, I don't want them to do that because it might be annoying. It's definitely a safety risk. So what could I, what would I like them to do instead? And again, try not to think in there, just not be under my feet. That's not the answer we're looking for. Pooch has got to do something. So what are, what are we going to teach them? How are we going to help them out? How can I start to teach them the things where I'm going to say yes, rather than saying no at them? So like I say, it might be that, when I turn the oven on, you go to your bed. So that's what we're going to start to train. Every time I click that oven on, we're going to do something that indicates to you that it's time to go into your bed and you're going to get rewarded for being there. And very quickly through repetition and all the things that we do in training our dogs, Pooch will start to see that when I go into the kitchen and turn the oven on, that's their cue to head to their bed and chill out. And that's a much easier dynamic to work with day to day than the alternative of always telling my dog no. Now, I am simplifying this, guys. I appreciate it's not easy. But even when you think of this and think, oh my God, that sounds like a lot of work, it really isn't. Because if Pooch is with you for 15 years and they're currently three-year-old and they've always done this dancing around your feet thing, if I spend... Let's let's play it out quite, quite drastically, you guys. If I spend... 12 months training my dog various cues for when I'm in the kitchen means go to your bed that means I've still got 11 years 11 wonderful years where every time I'm in the kitchen I can signal to my dog and ask them to go to their bed and they're going to willingly do it so even though 12 months might seem like an ex, you know an extortionate amount of time that we're going to spend training in the grand scheme of life with dog it's definitely time well vested, you know, well invested. Just like us, we don't learn things instantly, guys. It takes time. With our dogs, that time is condensed. So it's definitely worth doing. So write that list and think of the things that you would like dog to do instead of than the thing you don't like. And then that way, guys, you're going to be saying yes a lot more than you're saying no. Okay, folks, that's it for episode 13, and we'll be back next week with episode 14, where I think, given obviously the topic of this week, I think it's going to be really good to dive into the world of marker words. So, that's it for now. However, guys, 
one last thing I'd love you to consider before we do end the podcast. And as we kind of head into that kind of festive period of the year of what's been a pretty, pretty rubbish year, um, I'd love it if you guys would really consider that if you are in the luxurious position of being able to maybe buy some gifts for some loved ones, friends, family, whoever that may be, that you check out your local independent small businesses, craftspeople, whoever it may be, depending on what it is you're looking for. Um, now more than ever do independent businesses need your support um, and the festive period is a wonderful time to, to really kind of help them out. You're going to get something really unique, really beautiful and you're also going to be obviously helping out hopefully somebody quite local to you as well and generally from an economic perspective it's just so much more beneficial for everyone out there that's not to take anything away from some of the big companies that are out there who also do offer some fantastic gifts and products however if you do have the ability to to like say kind of shop local and support independent businesses i know given this year guys they would massively appreciate it so that's it for now we will speak again on the next podcast as always please do like rate share subscribe let me know what you think if you do have a a podcast platform that allows you to leave a review it would be fabulous for you if you could do that especially if it's a five star one as that will help other people find the podcast a little bit more easily so take care guys and we'll speak again next week bye bye